Welcome back to Coal America. I'm Chris Coleman, your host, back here today. Um, it's Sunday night. Well, we've closed up. We finished cleaning. Stops out of here. It's uh, a little after 10 p.m. Central Time. Anyway, all right. So let's start out with the playoffs, college football playoffs. And I know a lot of Bama fans are disappointed this morning. Uh, that we didn't get in. Let's take a look at that. Did we deserve to get in? No, we didn't. Um, I was still hopeful that we would, don't get me wrong, but we didn't do what we needed to do to be in. You can't lose to what is now a four-loss LSU, uh, a two-loss Tennessee, you know, um, and those are games that we gave away uh, with discipline and penalties. Saban always talks about the process. Trust the process. Well, for this team, right now, they've got to learn from everything that we did wrong. And hopefully they will. Look, uh, I'm not as optimistic as everyone else uh, about next season. And you know, everybody just goes, oh, yeah, you're Alabama. You'll be great. Hold on. Without Bryce Young this year, we're not in the conversation, boys. He was everything for us, all right? Him, Will Anderson, a lot of the, a lot of the talent's going to be gone. A lot of people are in the transfer portal. That's okay. I'm fine with them being in the transfer portal. Be gone. <coughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, I think it's a clearing. We're about to see a cleaning of the house. I told you on the last podcast, you were going to see it, and you're going to continue to see it. And I hope all the guys that are leaving – do not practice one down for this uh, bowl game against K-State, which will be uh, New Year's Eve, January, uh, December 31st, uh, 11, 11.30 a.m. I hate the kickoff time. Come on, guys. Stop giving me morning kickoffs. T-Town is still a late-night town. Give me some afternoon, evening. The Sugar Bowl in the morning? That's crap. Anyway, I guess it has been for a while. I don't know. Uh, we've been in playoffs. I hadn't really paid attention. But, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But, mm. anyway, look at it not objectively, because objectively speaking, we'd say they're supposed to get the four best teams. Did they get the four best teams? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because Vegas says differently. If Vegas says that we would be favored against the TCU or against Ohio State, you know, then we should be in. That's it. Uh, if, if, if you're looking at the better teams. But the committee didn't have a choice. And this is something that ESPN and Fox and all the major networks aren't going to tell you. And they're not going to talk about this point. you got to come down to you know in the <laughs> down the rabbit hole and find the Cold America podcast and, and podcasts like it that'll give you the truth. They couldn't leave TCU out. Mm. USC made it easy because they got curb stomped. They got drugged. They made it easy. Well yeah they could have left TCU out also. I mean come on. They came back to win most of their games. They, they squeaked them out. 
they lost in overtime in their conference title game, but they lost. That's the Big 12. We all know that's a fear to the SEC. Coleman, you don't make any sense. Let me explain. Next season is coming. If next season TCU were in the exact same situation and they're going, these teams are right behind us, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you lose, you're gonna, you know you're going to get left out. Or USC. If you lose, you're going to get left out. Then would, why would that team go to the conference championship game? What is to keep that team from going, we want to opt out of the conference championship game? Oh, hold on now. Where does it say they have to go play it? It doesn't? Okay. Why are all the conferences so adamant about keeping a conference championship game? And they, oh, we want the conference champion to get in. We want this to get in. Why are they so adamant about that? Money, baby, money. That's the answer to everything. If it involves college athletics, if it involves most anything in the world, the answer is always money. That's it. If TCU had opted out of that game and not play K-State, they're in the playoffs, right? Undefeated, they're in. They play, they lose by a field goal in overtime, they get left out. Why would they play that game next season? And that is the task that was put in front of the committee of not just get the four best teams in. That's what they tell everybody. It's get the four best teams in, but protect our money. If it wasn't about protecting the money, when they started the playoff system, they never would have had a committee. They would have gone, okay, uh, we use the BCS system. It gives us the top two. They, that's who plays the national title. Now we're going to a playoff of four teams, the top four. That's who's going to be in the playoffs. One, four, two, three. It involves the human element of the voters and the computers. Straight the schedule, all, everything's weighed in. It's the most fair system we have. We're going to use it. And they went, hold on now. This playoff, we got to make sure we got some teams in there that are going to sell the tickets and that are going to go to the games and get the TV revenue. That's the big money. That's the bigger than the tickets. That's bigger than everything else. Got to get that TV revenue. Okay. Now, if you're proposing a situation where it would be better for a team to not play in the conference championship games, to make it to the playoff, mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. that is not protecting uh, their, their best interests for their money. And that is the simple answer as to why TCU had to be in. I was interested to watch. I was interested to watch and see uh, if the committee was going to do that or if they were going to go for best teams. Mm. But you saw, and now you know, it's all about the dollars. It's the NCAA, guys. Come on. It's all about the dollars. You know that. I know that. Everybody in the world knows it. But why would they tell it? Why would they put it out there? They're not going to. But let's also be honest. Georgia is a machine. They look absolutely phenomenal. Um, no doubt about them. Then you've also got uh, Michigan, 
you know, who in the cal- in this calendar year, we watched Georgia curb stomp. You got them. You got Ohio State. So you got a, little, a couple little storylines there, here and there. And then you've got um, TCU protecting the dollars. So the odds right now that are out right now to win the national title, Georgia's minus 150. That's not bad. Uh, I really thought they'd be closer to like minus 200, 220. But, hmm. Is what it is. Uh, Georgia put on a clinic this past Saturday of how to play football in LSU. They were just there to watch it. Um, Ohio State is at plus 350. That's playing against uh, Georgia. Michigan plus 275 because everybody expects them to win and be in the national title game. And then you got TCU at plus 1600. Wow, those aren't bad odds. Those aren't bad odds at all, are they? No, they're not. But you know what's better? That I got TCU at plus 7,000. And I got Michigan at plus 1,400. Before the season started, baby. Either way, one of those two is going to be in the national title. And now I'm going to get to lay a lot of money on Georgia because they're going to beat Ohio State. I'm going to get to lay odds on Georgia at Moneyline. To win half of whichever one of those bets are. And guaranteed money because you bet half. Oh, well, if they win, okay, you win that bet. If they lose, that's fine. I got this futures bet here. So either way, ching, 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 ching. We're starting off January with winners, baby. It's going to be awesome. Now, uh, the actual game lines are out. Michigan is a nine-point favorite over TCU. That seems about right. Seems about right. Anybody remember the last time Alabama was a nine-point favorite? A nine-point underdog? Nine-point favorite. Nine-point underdog? No, no, because the last two times we've been underdogs, they've both been by less than a field goal. And we won both those games. Uh, And it's been a long time. Georgia is a seven-point favorite at even money against The Ohio State University. Uh, Kirby Smart's the better coach than Ryan Day. They have the better players. They have everything better. They came through the SEC undefeated. Are you kidding me? How do you not take Georgia in this game? Mm. Apparently, Saturday, December 31st, Vegas just wants to give you some money. (laughs) So take it. Take Georgia. Um... The TCU-Michigan game we'll get into later. Michigan is a one team. TCU is one of the better aerial attacks. Uh, I'm pulling for TCU. I'll tell you that. Uh, my heart's for TCU. Now, this coming Saturday, you got Army-Navy. It's a pick em because it's Army-Navy. Come on. You know better. Uh, and that's that's the only game this Saturday afternoon. But uh, So, it'll be weird not having football on all day and night. But fortunately, we still have the World Cup going on. Segway, what a brilliant segue, Coleman. Thank you, Coleman. I don't have a guest, so I talk to myself. Um, let's take a look. Now, as we all saw, the U.S. went out. Let's start out with that. Let's start out talking about the United States. Um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the U.S. Before the tournament, this is exactly what I had, uh, what I predicted. Uh, I can show you my bracket where I filled out the U.S. coming in second in the group. And... Then playing uh, playing the Dutch and losing to the Netherlands. Mm. 
But once you get there, and Clay, you know this feeling. You just saw the Phillies in the World Series, where you weren't really expecting to be. Once you, and most of America did not expect the U.S. to come in second in the group. But once you get there, and you're there, now you want to win. Yeah, you want to keep going. Keep this train rolling. And I thought we would. When the Dutch had not looked good, they did some great work um, breaking down our defensive flaws. And they saw that we weren't trailing our men and we weren't staying locked up goal side. And uh, they exposed it. We dominated possession. We dominated a lot of things in that game. We took more shots than them. We had more shots on goal than them. Stat-wise, if you look at just the stats, you go, the U.S. killed them. No, no, we lost three to one. One, you got to finish. Pulisic, you got to finish. For years, I've always said, the two things that separate the United States from the rest of the world, number one, we've never had that true striker, that, that finisher, that guy that when you need a goal, he's who you're looking to. You know, always dangerous every time he has the ball around the 18. Never had that guy. Yeah, and I go through a name. You know, we're going to say Messi and Ronaldo because they're there. But that Kareem Benzema, you know, that, that uh, Ronaldinho, I can name off all of Brazil. But, you know, that, that striker that just Wayne Rooney, you know, just uh, that goal scorer, that finisher. Harry Kane, maybe. Anyway. The second thing is the first touch on the ball, which has gotten better. Still not great, but it's gotten better. First touch on the ball. Watch it whenever the U.S., when the ball's past the U.S. player, how it bounce off of them. You know, less than a yard, but a little bit off. And then they have to take that step and get to it, and they seem like they're always under pressure. Watch whenever Spain or Argentina or, you know, one of those teams, uh, England, when they pass the ball. As their first touch on it, when they bring it in, they trap it. It is with a softness that, like soft hands in hockey, uh, for anybody Ducks fans, uh, should have been about the Hawks, but whatever. Anyway, um, watch the way they do it. And that first touch, that ball is right there to be dribbled past shot. You know, it puts you in that right position. And we don't do that well. It's like we're a brick wall that you pass the ball to. It doesn't stick to it. But uh, these kids were young. We're the youngest team in the tournament. We're the only team not to give up a goal uh, in the course of regular play during group play. We did a lot of good things. Now we got to take the next step. And the next step, everybody's going to oh, change the manager, change the manager. You're right. We do need to change the manager. But before we do that, the first step is change the mindset and the culture. All right? This is another fan base. It starts with us. We must demand excellence. Why are the Yankees the Yankees? Why is Alabama Alabama? You know, why, why are the great teams the great teams? Because their fans will not stand for mediocrity. They're not happy to get there. That's not how it works. That's not how you're successful. You demand championships. If you don't win the championship, you fail. That is the American way. That is the standard that we need to hold this U.S. men's national team to. That's the standard we hold the women's team to. Now, we give them a pass on everything else, and they're absolutely, hmm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But they get away way more than they should. They get way too much money for what they do uh, and how much they bring in. 
but I can't say that out loud all the time or I'm a terrible human. You know what? I'm a terrible human. You don't deserve the check you just got for what these men did. Did you know each individual men's player, when we advanced to the knockout round, their, their money went up to 294000 per player. Every woman on the women's team got the same check. Because under their new deal that they brokered, the women and the men get the exact same checks all the time. The 294000 for getting to the second round for the men is more than the women made in either of the last two World Cups that they won. You know why? People watch the men's. And they go, and I heard I heard this crazy feminazi talking the other day, going, Well, if they would if the major networks would get behind the women and push it and show their games and talk about their games, then you would see a growth in it and you would see more money. Nope, nope, that's not it. That's not it. ESPN's been pushing women's sports for a long time. Maybe it's that the men's game and the women's game are two completely different games. And one of them is better to watch. Just saying. Alright, let's talk about some uh, games that will be going on and coming up here for the Cup. You've got tomorrow morning, this is Monday morning, Croatia against Japan. I hate this game. It's going to be hard to go against Japan. I'm going to take Japan plus the 295 and the over of 2.5. I still don't believe much in Croatia, even though they get out of their group and everything. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I like Luka Modric. I went against them a lot in the cup last time, and they made it all the way to the final. So, whatever. The only thing I like about Croatia is their president. She is hot, and they're huge. Uh, I like her a lot. Um, but that's just being a red-blooded American male. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, this is all that is. Anyway, um, I like their president. That's where the list ends. Um, the other game tomorrow, Brazil against South Korea. Brazil's minus 375. South Korea's plus 1105. This will be one of the biggest upsets in the history of upsets. South Korea, great story. They get out of the group. Uh, yeah, made it made a great run to do so. And a yeah, great final game. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, you're going home. Um, it's not a far trip, but you're going home. And I think... Uh, yeah, I think Brazil Brazil handles this. I like Brazil. I like the over a two and a half. I think that they're going to somber their way into the next round quite easily. Uh, on Tuesday, Spain against Morocco. Now, Spain came in second in their group. Morocco topped theirs. Spain is minus 165. Morocco's plus 520. The draw's plus 280. Um, I'm with Spain. I'm with Spain. I think the best thing Spain did was lose their third game of group play, become the two seed, in this game, because it got them not only Morocco instead of Croatia, but the second round matchup is not Brazil. Had they have finished up uh, in, in top of their group, they were looking at Brazil in the second round. And so I don't think it was a genius move by any means, but it worked out really well. Their draw is much better. Now they beat Morocco. They'll play the winner of Switzerland and, Pol and Portugal. Switzerland and Portugal, uh, who will play Tuesday afternoon. Portugal minus 110. Switzerland plus 335. I got to go with Portugal here. I know Cristiano really wants it. I think his team is better when he's not on the field. You heard me. 
Um, sometimes they look to him too much when they shouldn't. But Bruno Fernandez and the boys, I think, take out Switzerland. I'm going Switzerland. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the over-under. It's at two, two and a half. I'd take the over, uh, but not huge on it. On Friday. Then, you get Wednesday and Thursday off. You know why? Because Unique's Christmas party's on Wednesday, and we're going to be hungover on Thursday. It's not an accident. It's because I know how to look at a calendar, and I knew when the World Cup had a break. Come on. <sighs> think, guys, think. Uh, but we come back on Friday. On Friday, Argentina, uh, who looked really good, and the Dutch, who uh, most of all y'all actually watched because they're playing the U.S. Argentina's plus 120. Dutch plus 250. Draw plus 250. Um, over under at two. Give me Argentina. Give me the over. Messi also wants to lift a cup before he retires. And he's got the horses there with him to help him out. And so I think that's a, uh, that's a really good game there. Um, now, the rest of the lines are not out for games, so I'm not going to sit here and go through and give them all to you. This morning, you watched England win uh, 3-0 against Senegal. You saw France beat Poland 3-1. So England and France. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy, what a ooh. What a matchup we have there in the quarterfinal, the round of eight. Ooh, England-France. How do those two countries have a little history? I don't know. I might have to Google it, check it out. <laughs> it's going to be going to do the frogs in Paris. Uh, it's going uh, to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. And Pape and all oh, the defending champions and uh, England with all their it's coming home. There, oh, buddy. That, I'm excited for that. I'm actually excited for that game. Um, I'll be next week. Anyway, um, I wanted to come on and talk about those. Those were the main things. The main reason I did the show tonight, I text my man James, greatest uh, producer, editor, owner, everything on this podcast. Uh, he's the man. Uh, the, the, uh, I texted him today. I was like, I'm doing the podcast. I have to be closed tonight. He replied with a thumbs up. Um, so thank you. But the reason I wanted to do it is because everybody was texting me yesterday, all day. I'm talking about, out about 35 different people text me and ask, so what happens now? What does this mean when uh, they lost? And I went, well, hold on. There's a lot of variables. Now, if TCU had gotten blown out, yes, it would have made it easy for the committee to put Alabama in, and they would have. But they didn't. They lost a close game in overtime. Okay, that's, that's different. It's a big difference. We've been talking about that for three weeks. Alabama lost two games by combined four points. Okay, well, they lost one game by three points. Um, the USC, hey, but Ohio State got blown out by 22 at home. Ohio State don't belong. Stephen A. Smith said that. They don't belong. They shouldn't be there. Yeah, they still have one loss. That's it. No, it is what it is. Anyway. But while all this field, and I told some of them, I was like, uh, they're like, well, what if Purdue beats Michigan? What if LSU were to knock on Georgia? <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, some of these others. And I was like, guys, I'm not playing the what if game. Not while the games are about to kick off. Let's see how they play. Let's see how they play out. 
and then let's see the decision that's made. I agree with Coach Saban when he was on during the Big Ten uh, championship game, and he said, uh, would we be favored against that team or would, or would we not be? Would we be, would we be underdogs or would we be favored? And there's your answer. And I agree with him. He did a great job of trying to sell it to the committee. Sure, he didn't make things easier for him. But the, we made things easier for him when we lost to LSU and Tennessee. Two teams we should not, not lose to. I want you to take this time, sing Dixieland Delight yourself. No, not that way. The way we sing it. How many of those teams that we lost to did you just name? Okay. Don't do that. There's your problem. There's your problem. Handle your business. Uh, with the Rose Bowl signing and it's going to expand to 12, it won't be for a couple of years that that happens. But when it does, we won't have this problem. We'll be fine. We're in. We're in. And you know what? When we do that, one through, if they go to 12, one through four have buys, five, six, seven, eight host the home games. Buddy, I hope that we're five, six, seven, eight. And this may be a selfish right here. No, I don't want to buy. I want to play in Bryant-Denny Stadium. In the middle of December, a home playoff game, you have no idea the revenue bump. Not just to me, not just to Unique, but the city of Tuscaloosa. And every college town that's going to host, the revenue bump that will get. Because December is one of the worst months in college towns. Uh, right now, it is uh, Monday starts finals week. I already have people that have been going, all the staff. I have others that are leaving this week. Uh, like I said, we got our Christmas party on Wednesday because the, most of them will be here. But by next week, gone. The majority of them are gone. They're all gone. 70% of students are from out of state. They won't be here in town. And it's like, all right, well, it's only the 18th. The 18th, uh, that Sunday, is uh, December 18th, is the World Cup final. And people have asked me, hey, are y'all staying open every day? How long are y'all staying open? You know, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't really know. I don't have an answer to it. Um, we have... Uh, now, I have a few on the staff that will still be here in town, and so we will be open, uh, especially happy hours. Are you kidding me? Um, we'll be opened up. How late into the night, and is it every night? Really depends on how busy it is. And if we're going through and we're still doing good business, then yeah, I'll keep coming in and keep doing it and stuff. Uh, once the cup's over after the 18th, if it hasn't been that busy, nah, maybe we take a few days. Take a couple extra days that we're going to take. I don't know. Uh, Mac and I will get together, and we'll look at that once we have data on it. Uh, I mean, I have last December's data. No, we've changed a lot since then. And we it's been a lot of, lot of work to it, but we've gotten a lot more students, a lot more student-friendly, and that's awesome. And everything's going well with that. Uh, but now it's December, and we'll see. So it'll be a, a wait-and-see type of thing. Um... And I hate that because I like play to the head. We will be doing a Bowl Mania Challenge. Um, I have not put it all out there yet, but I will. It's on my list, on my ever-growing to-do list for later on this week. 
uh, to get that set up and get that going before the bowl games start and start advertising it. So uh, those of you on here, you know to be looking for it. And that's always that's always a really big, really competitive one. We we'll some good prizes for it, hopefully, and uh, everything will go good. But anyway, uh, I really wanted to come on and tell, just to explain to people why I think they had to pick GCU. And then some of the World Cup picks, because, come on, it's the World Cup. It happens every four years. And by the way, if you are not up by 9 a.m. Central Time watching the USA this past uh, Saturday, maybe you're why we lost. Maybe uh, we need that little bit more fan support. So, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to blame the fans. But now it is up to the fans. Seriously, in all seriousness, we must demand more. We're the host in 2026. We're the host. It's coming here. U.S. soil. Nah, we'll try host. Mexico and Canada will have some games. Not a lot. And the host city is Dallas. Last time I checked, that's in Texas. Last time I checked, that's still part of the United States. Kind of. But <laughs> it's... They think they're their own country, but they're really not. So, that means the first game of the tournament, the United States will play in Dallas because the host country always plays on the first day uh, in the host city. Genu so, 2026, June 2026, go ahead and book a hotel room from Dallas. <coughs> I got to call my buddy Jerry Jones and, all right, I've got to call and become buddies with Jerry Jones. See what I can do. Anyway, guys, i got to go home and get some sleep. Uh, that is my time. I appreciate y'all listening uh, and everything that y'all do. But this coming week, still going to be a good week. Monday, open at uh, 9 a.m. for the cup. <coughs> open by 9 a.m. for the cup. We'll be here all day, uh, all night. And we'll go... Uh, yeah, I go till 2 a.m. Then Tuesday, uh, back again, open by 9 a.m. We'll have a dark tournament that night at 7 o'clock. On Wednesday, we'll have a... Wednesday, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Wednesday, we have a Christmas party. It will be open to the public at 8 p.m. You're all welcome to come in then. Uh, and then Thursday, boom, another dark tourney. Singles dark tourney. Next day, uh... We'll be open at 2 o'clock that day. Friday, back open by 9 a.m. Here we go. Saturday, by 9 a.m. Here we go. Sunday, 9 a.m. Here we go. All good things. Guys, thank you for listening. As always, I'll leave you with this. Shoot to score. Play to win. And when you get married, just like I will, make for damn sure that you are the ugly one. I'm Chris Cole.